Hey everybody, thank you for joining us for today's episode of Real Estate Disruptors. Today we got Luke Rotvold with Viking Real Estate. One more big name in the Phoenix market. He's gonna talk about how he built $10 million in holdings while playing Madden when he's cold calling. If this is your first time tuning in, I'm Steve Trang, sales, sales trainer for some of the top home buyers in the country, and I'm gonna mission to create 100 millionaires. One question I get all the time is how to become one of the 100 millionaires. The information on this podcast alone is enough for you to become a millionaire in the next five to seven years. If you will take consistent action, you will become one. If you want to get there faster, send me a message on Instagram and we'll see if we can help you. If you get value today, please tag your friend below, share this episode right now. That way we can all grow together. And this is a live show, so please ask your questions for Luke to answer. You ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. So first question is what got you into real estate? Uh, you know, I always had a love for real estate. Uh, even when I was younger, this has always interested me. Um, but what really kind of brought me into it uh, was actually, believe it or not, it was my 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 now wife, which was my girlfriend at the time. She started working for a team, um, and it was actually uh, with Brent and Dustin. Okay. So she got she got started with them. So she was working there before you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so she was killing it there, you know. And she uh, she was there with them for probably like a year. Okay. And so they would kind of hold their like. You know, they're little like, uh, if they hit their goals, they'd go have lunch, stuff like that. Like, you know, whatever, their dinners. And so I'd always go with her. And so then I met them and like, I just really hit it off with them. Yeah. Um. So then I was like, you know, I can always see myself doing this and kind of doing what she was doing. Um. And then she ended up kind of getting out because she, she did well with it, but she didn't really like it. Like mm -hmm. it wasn't something that she wanted to do for a long time. Uh, so I kind of hopped in and I kind of <laughs> slid and took her spot. Um, Convenient. Yeah, no, exactly. And then, uh, yeah, man, it was just that was that was the beginning, and and uh, so she was kind of never looked back. Cold calling, yeah, yeah, she, she was, was doing, cold calling for them. She was doing cold calling. So what was that business? I mean, I know this kind of like not really your story. Yeah, yeah. But what was that situation? So they were hand dialing because okay. this was years ago, right? This was like eight years ago. Okay. So she was hand dialing with them, um, and she was hand dialing and door knocking. And she was still getting like maybe like a deal every like couple months or something, which, you know, when you're hand dialing and door knocking, that's pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, like I said, she just, she's like, this isn't really for me. And I, I kind of slid in and, and went for it. Yeah. And, uh, and then that was kind of right when the dialer kind of came out. And so right. started with the dialer and, and um, yeah, man, it was, uh, that was, the, that was the beginning of it. So you joined Dustin. So it's Dustin Monger yeah. and Brent Daniels. Yeah. Right. So you're working with them. Yeah. You said, and this was like seven, eight years ago. Yeah. This was like seven years ago. Okay. So what yeah. was that beginning like? Cause we all know Brent, the big personality was always this yeah. crazy. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. So, so something about Brent in, in case no one knows, if you are too close to Brent, he will headbutt you. <laughs> and that's like, that's not a joke. Uh, I've had too many times where I've literally had a big lump on my head. And I'm like, Damn! Like, come on, Brent. But uh, that's his. That's his Brent. But man, Brent's Brent's awesome. He's a great guy. All right. So, what was that setup like? I mean, it was between the yeah. three of you. So, it was just the three of us. Um, we'd be in the office, or I'd be working from home. Um, and then, yeah, it was it was basically, uh, I would just cold call all day long. Um, and it was obviously not fun. You know? No. Like, no. Come on. Like, who who enjoys really actually cold calling, right? Yeah. Um, so I started out with like okay, I'll call like, you know, maybe an hour a day or maybe like a couple hours a day just to kind of feel it out. Um, and then after that, I was like, okay, like, you know, if you're going to get deals, you got to get more contacts, right? Mm -hmm. You got to talk to more people. 
TTP. There you go. All right. Um, but uh, but yeah. So it's just like it kind of started out small. You know, an hour, a couple hours. Um, then I kind of started going to like you know four hours a day, five hours a day through their volition or your own volition through mine. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they they it was really open ended. Like we didn't really have any like, you know. Our setup was pretty just... It wasn't like, Luke, you're not hitting your numbers. What are you doing? Never, never. It it was never like that. Yeah, it was kind of just like, you can call for us. And I kind of, you know, I called for them and they would comp it out and and sell them. And and that was really it. But I mean, it started, um, it took me four months to get my first deal. Four and a half months. Were you working a job this time? Uh, I was selling stuff on Craigslist. Okay. So you had a little bit of a side hustle. Yeah, yeah. I was selling selling cars on Craigslist. um, Selling some like shoes like that all right um so that was kind of like my initial like real thing that got me into like you know the hustle actually i, I also did some multi-level marketing but you know who hasn't done that <laughs> right okay so you're doing four months before you did your first so yeah. let's talk about that first deal yeah what was that situation yeah so i mean the first four and a half months was like you know you start thinking like am i going to be like this mm-hmm. is this something i want to do like this is this is tough yeah so there is that mental hurdle especially like you say four and a half oh. months and you were on a team right? oh yeah a lot of people that are solopreneurs, yeah. they they gravitate towards this business because yes. of social media and everything else. Yeah, yeah, and they jump into it, and the first four months sucks. Yes, it's awful. Right, like that's not what you hear about on no. social media. No, right, but it sucks. Yes. So how did you overcome that? Well, I mean, the thing that's tough enough in that first four months, like you know, you know, first six months, whatever you want to call it, that's when you're learning your script. That's when you're you're taking all the shit that you're not used to taking from mm-hmm. people right because like if you're coming in and just going into cold calling you're like oh, okay yeah i'll talk to some people and get some deals that's how it works mm-hmm. you're not you're not ready for what's going to hit you right yeah. um so yes yeah, so it's like when you get all that thrown at you you know it's eye-opening and it's tough it's really tough but i mean what kind of kept me going um was just knowing like you know there is light at the end of the tunnel because you know they they were still kind of getting deals um from other stuff and, and you know being able to see what they're selling these things for you know, and so then it's like when you so know, so you can see that there's this isn't fake. Exactly. So exactly. you know it's real. Exactly. So you just got to pay your dues. Right. Exactly. And so, um, you know, but then it kind of comes like, okay, what's going to be that time frame where you're like, I'm going to give up. Like this isn't for me. And so, luckily, you know, four four and a half months in, I got my first deal. Um, I think we sold it, and I think my commission on it was like, I think it was like thirty five hundred. But you know, for your first deal, it was pretty good. I was like, all right, sweet. Um, and then after that, like. I, I just I kind of started popping one every every month. Got it. Um, and from that point, that was that was when I started really kind of you know diving in and being like, all right, I'm calling I'm calling twice as much now. I'm calling four hours a day. I'm calling six hours a day because um, I saw you know I saw the light at the end of the tunnel. What was your script like? Um, it was very similar to what it is now, um, but just not polished. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I mean from from doing you know from doing this now for for six seven years, uh, I've been able to you know, take things that, that you can find out that, okay, sellers don't like hearing that. Right. Or uh, make sure you say this and don't say that. Like there's just little things that you can, you know, you, you just know, like this would always trigger a seller. Let's exactly. Saying uh, don't say the word. Yeah. We might flip the property. Like, no, seller doesn't want to hear the word <laughs> flip because then they immediately triggers to them. Like, oh, this guy's trying to take me or mm-hmm. this guy wants to get my house super cheap. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just like little things like that. But I mean, the script was still very like, you know, yeah, I'm calling about a property. I believe you own. Just wanted to see if you'd ever consider selling it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yes, no, whatever. So I mean, it was it was very similar, but just not not polished. So I don't know how long Brent and Dustin were together at that at that time. I do know 
that I met Brent when he wholesaled a deal to me. I want to say about 12 years ago. Okay. <laughs> it was back when it was him and Mahoney. Okay, right? yeah. And yeah. They, I remember, I still remember, right? It was a 40K assignment fee on the HUD. I was like, what is this thing? Yeah. Right? So when you were working <laughs> with him, what was the, I guess, what were the fees like? What was your compensation structure? Uh, so how we did it, like on average, we would probably make like 15 to 20. Mm -hmm. That was like the average wholesale. We were hitting um, Coronado hard. Like that was the area that we were just, I think, I think like 15 of my first 20 deals were in Coronado. Like it's it was not that big of an area. I know exactly. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was nuts, but that was, that was where they were like literally having me just go for it. Um, and back then, oh my God, we were, we were, you know, of course, hindsight, but we were picking up houses for like one, 110, 120. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. I don't know if you've seen, if you look at comps in there now, they're going for like 600 for yeah, like 1200 square feet. So for those of you guys that don't know Coronado, right? It's a part of a zip code. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fraction <laughs> exactly. of a zip exactly. code. Exactly. No kidding. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it was, so it was pretty wild. You were, you were there, you were cold calling them five, six years ago. Yep. What was that journey like? I mean, were you part of them as they're growing their wholesaling business or did you leave before that? No, all yeah. So it, they, I was not with them for very long. Like I was with them for maybe, um, probably about six months. Mm -hmm. Um, and then they split and then I kept calling for each of them separately for probably another six months, mm -hmm. maybe right around there. Um, and then after that, I partnered with my best friend, Jake Landis, um, and we took off. And we're like, let's, you know, let's start our own thing. Cause they were each kind of going their different directions. Right. Yeah. Um, and so it just kind of made, it was like a, it was like a, a clean time to kind of, you know, go a different route. It made sense to do the transition. Exactly. Yeah. So then how was that transition? Cause now you go from a team where leads are provided, you got data, yeah. you got a dialer. It was hopefully a CRM at this point. What was the transition like from leaving that to doing your own thing? That transition was not easy. It was crazy. But like, luckily, like, you know, if I needed anything, I'd kind of reach out and be like, hey, could you see me cover that contract? And, you know, they, they got it. They understood. Yeah. And, and, you know, they're both really good guys. And so they never had any issues with it. But um, it was a tough transition, man. I mean, you go from it's ultimately going from, you know, kind of like having a job, you know, mm -hmm. it be basically be like going from a W2 to like a 1099. Yeah. Because um, it was like, yeah, exactly. Like you said you had leads provided for you. You had your dialer getting paid for it. And it's not like it's a lot or anything. It's not a lot, but it's monthly fee still yeah exactly and at the time when you're not used to that kind of stuff you hop in and you're like wow this is kind of crazy mm -hmm. um so yeah so it, it took it was a it was a rude awakening uh, i remember our first deal that jake and i did we wholesaled for four thousand dollars it was in tempe and i got it off craigslist mm -hmm. found my first deal off craigslist four thousand dollars it was funny man it was uh it was this we still have that check um we still have it in our office yeah. so we've got it you know because it was the first one so so it was a struggle so what what it, turned around how did you guys I mean, you guys are crushing it right now what was that beginning part for someone that's venturing off yeah. on their own whether they're quitting a job or whatever yeah, yeah. it's just learning man i mean honestly like you know we our first year um we started in like february we didn't even start like january we had some other things we we're you know getting going um, but so in February from, from that 10, 11 months that we did that one year, we did 70, 72,000, I think mm -hmm. in wholesales, 72,000 in wholesales, right. For a first year. We all start somewhere. Right. No, exactly. So it's like, it was not a great year, you know? Um, but again, no, it's just, it's, it's literally just actually taking the time to learn how, how to do it and what you're doing. Right. Um, and so from that first year of 70, you know, the next year we did 300. So we had, you know, a good growth pattern. 
Um, the next year after that, we did like 650. Mm -hmm. uh, the year after that, we did a million. Uh, and then after that, you know, we've been, we've been steadily over a million since then. Um, but how did you do that? I mean, like I said, I think we went, we went to real estate meetups. Mm -hmm. um, so we did real estate meetups. So we were able to kind of start, uh, you know, meeting people that were like, hey, I'll actually buy your deals. Where it's like, you know, before you don't have these pieces in place to be able to sell your deals. Yeah. And so once we started going to those, then we started finding people that were like, hey, I'll buy in this area. You know, like I will buy almost anything in this area and I'll buy at a pretty good price. So then we kind of started directing our marketing towards certain people. So you were finding buyers first. Yes. And then you were finding properties. Yes. So it's kind of like the Coronado thing you were doing earlier. Yeah. Right. Let's find what buyers want. Exactly. And then reverse wholesale this. Yeah. I mean, that's all, that's honestly what we were doing. So, I mean, like at the time, again, we didn't have connect, like, you know, we had Brent and Dustin, but they were going their own different directions with what they were doing and mm -hmm. everything. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was, it was honestly, it was just basically finding out, you know, who was going to buy in, in what areas and then we'll pull a list in that area and then just, you know, pound the dialer. So what lists were you pulling at that time? Um, we were pulling zip codes cause they were cheap. Okay. You know what I mean? Like through list source or what? Title companies. So you go into a title company, which for those of you guys that are listening right now, like title companies is an often overlooked yes. lead source, right? So you Absolutely. go to a title company, what do you ask for title? What do you ask from the title company? So we sat down with like, you know, I'm not going to say which one, but we sat down with the head of the, you know, the sales team there, um, told them exactly what we're doing. And they said, you know, they'll give you their data because they're just saying, bring your deals to us though. Mm -hmm. You know, once, once you've got a deal and a contract, just make sure you do your escrow with us. Right. Um, and so, yeah, so we were just like, okay, well, we've got a buyer that'll buy in this zip code. <laughs> we've got a buyer that'll buy in Tempe. We've got one that'll buy in Chandler, you know, stuff like that. Um, so yeah, that's, that's honestly all we asked. We sat down with them. They gave us the list. So they gave you a list. Yeah. How'd you get the phone numbers? Um, that's gonna, that's gonna be a question for Jake. <laughs> so you'll so not the systems guy, not the systems guy. Exactly. So right. one thing you'll, you'll, you'll definitely, you know, find out about me. I don't do stuff that I don't know how to do or mm -hmm. like to do because right. it's not going to go well. Yeah. You know, so, so I stick with what I know. So Jake handles all the back end stuff mm -hmm. and I handle all the, the sales side. So this, the buying, the selling, um, the appointments, stuff like that. So you're the one that's going to all the networking events. Yeah. Well, we're, we're both going to those, um, to the networking events, you know, meeting the new people and stuff. And um, then you're the one that's developing the relationships. Correct. Yeah. Got it. All right. So correct. you being the sales guy, are you managing the sales people? We didn't have we, we didn't have a sales team. All right, so I think this is a key was, point here, right? Because yeah. you you you're legendary for being the guy that cold calls while playing Madden. Right. You have videos, that right? You right. Just post. All right. Uh, I think you're talking about maybe having a Twitch stream, or you have a Twitch stream. No, that's the plan. That's what we're moving towards. Okay, so you're gonna be twitching or whatever you call it, whatever right, the kids I don't know. call it. You these know, days. I'm sure there's a word so, for it. So you're gonna be streaming on Twitch. You playing Madden. Yep. Cold calling? Yes. Okay. 100%. So how can you do that, right? Because multitasking is not a thing, right? Or yeah. we argue you're not supposed to be doing it. So right. how are you able to do both? Okay. So when I was calling for, you know, four to six hours a day, as we mentioned, cold calling is not fun. No, it's Nobody not. likes to sit there and cold call. It's, it's, it's just like beating your head against a wall. So I was like, you know, I got to do something like mm -hmm. if I'm going to call like this much regularly, I got to figure something out. So I hooked up my PlayStation and I started out by like on arcade mode, right? Because I was like, I need to be able to pause it whenever I need to. Right. So I hopped on, started playing 
and then after I after I started getting you know pretty good at, at cold calling, I was like, you know, I think I could step this up. I think I could try online. We're gonna challenge ourselves, right? I think I think I could try online, and um, from that point, that was when everything changed for me. Because like when you're playing online, dude, like that's a blast. Like mm -hmm. I love playing Madden online. It's like I could like you know before I was doing real estate, I could sit back and do that for six eight hours a day. You know, people do that with uh, Call of Duty and stuff like that too. Mm -hmm. So that's where I think that this was like eye opening for me was I was like, I'm not even like really working right now. <laughs> right. I'm like, yeah. I'm sitting here doing what I would normally be doing, but I can actually be calling too. And so it took a little time to like, you know, get good at doing both. And you got to use your, you know, your one time out, you know, sparingly, obviously. Um, but so that was it. That was, let's that was talk about thing. some of the challenges. Yeah. Okay. So obviously, you know, when someone answers and you're having a good call, like, You've got to be thinking, you know, okay, you have to, the one thing you have to keep in mind the whole time, the call is more important than your Madden game. <laughs> That's like the number one thing that you have to keep in mind is like, okay, I'm doing this to help me at work, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm not, I'm not calling to help my Madden. Like that's right. not how it works. Well, you can have a really nice screen. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but so yeah, so you just had to kind of keep in mind, I had to keep in mind that, okay, the call comes before anything else. Um, and so that was the biggest challenge. Like when you're having like a really, really in-depth conversation, you know, and then you're also trying to plan, you're also, you know, whatever, you're about to throw a pick, you're about to get sacked. There's, there's definitely been times when I, too, when you just scream, you know, <laughs> or you, you know, I'll throw my controller, whatever it is. Um, but that's, that's, that's the toughest part. That's, that's easily the toughest part is the, is the, you know, having that conversation you're trying to get the details, right? Cause like how we, how we do our, our scripts is that we get the details of the property mm -hmm. and um, I'm just writing it down. So like, that's how I always do it is that I write it down. Like while I'm playing, I'll just, you know, kind of go back and forth a little bit like so this. So not only are you multitasking, you're also writing down with your hand oh, yeah. as you're oh, playing yeah. your game. I'm writing all the details. Okay. Yeah. Thanks Cheryl. Yeah. Okay. That's a three bedroom, two bath. Perfect. Perfect. And how many square feet was that? Okay, great. That's, that's perfect. Awesome. And how much were you hoping to get for this property? Like, you know, these are the, this is the conversation you're having with yeah. Cheryl while, you know, Von Miller is tearing your head off, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And so it's like, you're going back and forth and it's tough. It was tough. But I mean, over, over the years, you know, I've been able to, I've been able to, to kind of master it. And so it's, so it's is there fun. a story of you losing your crap playing Madden affecting one of your deals? Um, you know, there's, there's a story of me losing my, my crap and throwing my controller in the air at our office uh, and actually breaking the light in our office because I mm -hmm. threw it straight up in the air and that led to a complete office renovation because we moved the light over and looked up, uh, up, uh, up in like through the opening and mm -hmm. it, we had vaulted ceilings and I had no idea. So we literally pulled all the ceilings out vaulted the whole ceilings in the office. And that was from me getting mad and throwing my, That's my a plus. <laughs> exactly. But did you lose any deals? Um, I'm sure, I'm sure I've lost deals, you know, from, you know, from, uh, from either not paying enough attention to the, to the, not seller. demonstrating enough empathy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> either, either that definitely either lost deals from that or, you know, obviously just in general, just not, uh, you know, not, not being good, not being good enough from, you know, from while I'm calling. So, so it's only for cold calling. Yeah. Right. To book appointments. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. You were never doing this while trying to close a deal. No, 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 no. Oh, you're yeah. not there yet. Hell no. I would, right. I would not, I would not, <laughs> I would pay to see this. I would not jeopardize me trying to get a deal. Cause like, obviously the closing is, 
that's where the money's made, right? Right. Like the initial cold call, you know, you're getting, you're gathering details. So you would pick Josh, right, on the PlayStation, okay, playing Madden, versus a VA in the Philippines, cold call. Yeah. Like heads up, you think Josh in front of Madden is better than a virtual assistant? Uh, yes. All right. Yeah. Just trying to get context here, right? Yeah, for sure. Okay. So let's talk about this business setup then. Okay. And Jake is fully approving of all this. For sure. Okay. So what does the business model look like as you're growing your business? Who's in what seats as you're playing Madden? So like I said, our team is is small. Like Mm -hmm. we're really small. Like for the longest time, it's just me and Jake, right? So Jake is doing all the back end stuff. He's doing uh, contracts. He's doing... um, the um you know the lists putting them into the system um all that kind of stuff mojo all that um so i'm doing all the the front end stuff i'm playing madden um you know getting the leads calling them back staying in front of them doing the lead follow-up um this is when we're just a two-man team right um so basically doing all the follow-up and then from that point going and selling the properties Mm -hmm. so you know building the relationships to find the buyers for them selling them to them um, and then, yeah, ultimately, you know, going to the properties, taking the pictures, sending the, the drop boxes, stuff like that. So, and you can, like, believe it or not, you can build a million dollar business with two people playing Madden, which is pretty wild. It is wild. So it sounds like Jake was really doing most of the technical stuff. Yes. A hundred percent. You were having fun doing the other difficult stuff which is cold calling because right, it's not right. i don't want to make it light of it yeah, yeah cold calling is not fun no people don't right? like doing it so you're able to do it in a way kind of like partially sedating yourself yep yeah <laughs> with right. madden so you had to do all the sell stuff you had to do all the back end stuff yep. to support the sell side correct and all this time you guys are both developing relationship with buyers yeah but you're cold calling and you're going to the appointments yeah you're doing this physically all your appointments oh yeah okay oh yeah um so when then did you make your first hire? Um, our first hire was just another salesperson to make more calls. Mm-hmm. When was that? That was probably um, after Jake and I had been going at it for about two years. Okay. Probably about two years. We brought our first guy in, brought him into our office. He sat down with us. We told him, you know, we're going to get another mojo dialer. We're going to throw you on there. Just listen to me. Listen to me call. You know, watch me play Madden. Um, so he hopped on yeah. and then literally started doing the exact same thing. Literally just started, you know. Um, so you didn't have a system in place necessarily. No, yeah. There was no training program. Yeah, exactly. Sit and listen. Yep. He came in, listened, and then he started calling. And then, you know, we would obviously I'd still do the closing. So I'd take it from that point. Um, yeah. But we'd have him just kind of get the initial call going. All right. So talk to me about like the evolution, right? Like how, how did you go from, I mean, how many salespeople do you have now? Uh, so. Now, well, we just hired two more. So okay. um, we have three and then myself. So we have four sales, four sales guys. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we've got cold callers in, in other countries as well. Um, and then Jake doing all the back end stuff. And then we just hired a transaction coordinator. Just hired just a transaction. Now. So poor Which Jake is, is doing all that too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, does he not hate you for all this? Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I mean, and we're 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 gonna do probably two point two this year. That's what so, we're for. We mentioned that you're in Phoenix. Yeah. What markets are you focused on? Uh, so we do obviously, you know, 
I'm sure, as everyone knows, when you say Phoenix, that's everywhere in Phoenix, which mm-hmm. is Phoenix, Chandler, Gilbert, Mesa, you know, Glendale, all that. But um, more Glendale than probably Chandler. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Um, so, yeah, so Phoenix, uh, Northern Arizona. Um, so when I say Northern Arizona, Prescott, Prescott Valley and Chino Valley are the, mm. the three main, um, that tri-city area. That's where Jake and I are both from. Um, Got so, it. so we know that area very, very well. Um, so we, we do pretty well in that area there. Um, but we also do Sedona, Flagstaff and, um, you know, some of the kind of the smaller cities up there. Are you doing more in Phoenix or are you doing more up there? Oh, up there. All right. Yeah. And then up there, are you guys wholesaling or flipping? We flip almost everything up there. So you're, you're focused predominantly on flipping. Yeah. Because we don't want to leave money on the table. We've got so the crews together. It. Absolutely. I mean, so up there, you know, we've got three crews right now that are in place. Um, so it just doesn't make a lot of sense for us to to wholesale stuff up there when we've got sure. crews that are waiting and ready. Um, you know, I mean, as everyone knows, you know, when you wholesale property, you're you're selling it to a flipper for them to make money, right? right? So you're leaving money on the table. So, you know, when you're getting your own deals, you're collecting that what would that what what would be that wholesale fee and the flipping fee, right? Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, our average, you know, our average that we that we do up there is fifty two thousand. So, but Jake has to manage the flippers. No, 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 no. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, ma- I manage them too. So, so you manage the you manage the contractors. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so you are picking up a little bit more responsibility. Yeah, yeah. So we've got we've got some uh, <laughs> we've got like um, a uh, construction manager up there too. So we, got we've got a manager up there that kind of goes through the projects and you know he kind of checks on everything and so yeah. All right. So let's talk about those deals up up north. Yeah. Like, how are you sourcing those deals? Oh, uh, texting. So we do texting. We do cold calling. Um, we're, we're doing, um, SEO and Facebook. Got it. And how are you getting those leads? Yeah. Jake question. (laughs) No, but so, uh, so for texting, obviously, um, texting and the, uh, cold calling that's coming through the, the callers in wherever, whatever country they're in Mm -hmm. that comes through them, goes through our sales team. Um, and then we take it from that point and obviously, you know, close the deals. Right. But you don't know what like the data source or any of that stuff is. Yeah. No, we use batch skip tracing. Okay. Um, and then we also use, uh, we also use, uh, oh gosh, what is it? Um, yeah, one of, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, mainly a Jake question there. Yeah. Okay. So you've evolved though, right? You're not just wholesaling or just flipping. I mean, right. So I guess, are you, were you wholesaling in Phoenix or you're flipping in Phoenix as well? No, we're doing some flipping in Phoenix too. Okay, so you're predominantly flipping more than wholesaling. Um, flipping more in northern Arizona, wholesaling more in Phoenix. Got it. Yeah. Why not? I mean, if the model right, is to flip up there, why not flip down here? Yeah, that's the plan. That's the plan for 2022. Okay. Um, but we also, we bought a lot of properties over the last two, three years. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like, you know how people say you should pay yourself first? Mm-hmm. We didn't do that. Every time we would get like a deal that we wanted, <laughs> we would literally keep it and then we would burr it and mm-hmm. so we'd be ultimately out of pocket nothing on it um just throw you know a, tra- a, a traditional loan on it so i mean like it was it was like a strange like three you know three years because we didn't pay ourselves very much but we were just accumulating real estate like crazy like right. it was like fourplex duplex triplex airbnb airbnb duplex airbnb like we don't keep any anything single family we either do multifamily or airbnbs Got it. And what is the rationale behind all that? Um, just for what they can bring in. 
I, I single family. I mean, they're safe, you know, and, and obviously our Airbnbs are single family. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't do anything like long term for a single family. Like if we're going to keep my, a single family. My question is why, why don't you go for the active income? Why are you keeping everything and paying yourself so yeah. low? I know it's just it's one of those things where we were we we got like shiny object syndrome. We mm-hmm. wanted the property and we wanted to keep it, right. and so it was like okay, we're either going to pay ourselves or we're going to put that into this property and we're going to keep it. Mm-hmm. And so that's how you know we were able to to accumulate so many properties over the past few years. Uh, but obviously, you know, we didn't take in a lot of income cash wise to ourselves because we just kept rolling it into properties. But there's a long term play. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. So can you elaborate on because a lot of people are wholesaling yeah everything right right exactly. so i want to if you can elaborate yeah so why you guys made that decision i think that um jake and myself our parents both went through 2008 and uh so we kind of learned a lot from them um in a in a unfortunately in a bad way um and so you know rental properties and and uh mailbox money right income mm-hmm. it's very important to both of us and so you know we live good lives right now there's yeah. not we don't need a ton of income to you know to we're already happy and live great lives and so we would rather build for the future mm-hmm. and so we've been building for the future for the past you know three four years by just you know buying a ton of rental properties and so i mean ultimately you know we've been able to build our cash flow up pretty impressively now so um, both your parents suffered through the crash yeah and so it's interesting because there are a lot of millennials right who experience this yeah you're a millennial i think so okay so there's a lot of people that millennials that experienced this, yeah. right? And majority of them became disillusioned right. with capitalism and they're more pro socialism. Right, right. 100%, as a result. Hundred percent. You did not go that direction. No, we went we both went the opposite direction because we knew we knew that like the, our parents they did they did well, right? Mm-hmm. And then we saw uh, you know, we saw what happened. We saw it was it was bad, you know. And so um our parents were smart, but they just, you know, there's a couple they mistakes. Got caught up. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, you know, just from learning from them and then also learning just from other people, other, you know, mentors uh, of spreading your money out, you know, and, and getting, buying rental properties, you know, getting mm-hmm. that money that's going to come in every month, no matter what. Right. And so that's what we've been doing. And that's why, you know, we've, that's why we've been able to, to put together 31 doors now. So. Got it. And then, so flipping Airbnbs, rentals, and yeah. then you're developing too. Yeah. What's yeah, that about? So, so um, we're doing some some developing in downtown Chandler right now. We just did a, uh, a new build duplex. We just finished. Uh, we just rented out one side and we've got, I think an application for the second side, which crazy. Okay. So it was our first developing that we've ever done. Right. So it's like tough. You new build. build from the ground. Dude. Yeah. So it was a little, it was a little house. It was like a, th- like 400 square foot. You, you're, you're familiar with downtown Chandler. Yeah. Yeah. It was a little like 400 square foot house. We knocked it over and we tried going cheap, so we tried going through like you know different GCs, right? We're like, oh, like this GC, he gave us the lowest price. Yeah, there's a reason he gave us the lowest price. Mm-hmm. And so we went through like four different GCs. It took us three years to build a duplex. It's big. It, it's it's a big duplex, but still three years. Yeah. So it was just it was. I could possibly as terrible as I am with my hands, <laughs> I could possibly build them with myself. Dude, I'm not even kidding. Three. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So you know, it was a learning experience for us for sure. Um, but the thing that was awesome about it is that when we first were building it, we're like, okay, we should probably we did through they're both three bedroom, two bath, um, 1,200 square feet. So we're like, oh, we might be able to get like, uh, you know, maybe 1,400 
for rent, you know, like two years ago when we were like, oh yeah, you know, this thing should get moving. Mm-hmm. Now we just rented about now. We just got 2,400 aside. Yeah. I don't get what's happening in the rent market. Yeah. I mean, I get supply and demand. Right. But still the numbers are absolutely It's insane. insane. Yeah. So that was the first one we did. Uh, we're doing a new build triplex in downtown Chandler right now. Um, and then um, my wife and I are actually doing in downtown Prescott. Mm-hmm. We bought a lot that's on two acres and it's zoned for 34 units. Yeah, you were showing me photos of it. Yeah, yeah. So talk about why that makes sense. Because you were, we were hanging out at Brent Dan's birthday yeah. party. And we were, and you're, you're kind of like sharing me with this vision. <laughs> and I was fascinated with it. Yeah, yeah. So can you share the vision why? Yeah. Why are you doing that? Yeah, that so, model? so it's downtown Prescott. Um, so downtown Prescott, Prescott's growing super fast. So if people aren't familiar with Prescott, it's um, it's a northern Arizona, uh, kind of like a little mountain city. Um, there's not snow like snowboarding. There's not any like snow skiing up there, but it's close to Flagstaff. You get snow. Um, it's got a really just charming downtown area and everything. So it's just really cool. Um, so it's growing super fast. So there's a there's a shortage of of uh, housing there right now. Um, so we got this lot that's got that's two acres and it's zoned for 34 units. Uh, so we're gonna come in and we're gonna do 34 units um, with like a heated pool. Uh, it's gonna, it's, we're gonna have a hot tub that's gonna be like a little dog park in the corner. Um, it's, it's gonna be really cool. It's gonna be very, um, it's, it's gonna be kind of, uh, the, one of the nicest, you know, co- co- complexes that's gonna be up there for sure. How did you find it? So, I actually got it from another wholesaler. Okay. So, wholesaler sent it to you. A wholesaler sent it to me. Okay. Um, at, at what price? He sent it to me at 675. 675. Yeah. 675. Okay. And then, you're planning on investing. Do you, you how how far along are you in this process? Uh, we're almost through the final plans. Through the final plans. Yeah. Okay. So, how much do you plan on investing into this? Budget-wise. So, so Sage and I are bringing on a partner. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be probably around somewhere in the ballpark of about seven million. Okay. To build. So seven million plus the six ninety five, so about seven point seven. Yep. And then what is the final? The exit. Yeah. should probably be just based off of cap rates the exit should be around 12 mil so that's a pretty good project yeah all right so four mil yeah <laughs> but you're not going to sell it no that's going to keep it the only way we'd sell it, uh, when we when we talk to the partner the only way we'll sell it is if we do get that offer that's just like blow you away mm-hmm. so the plan is to keep it um you know obviously back to that same exact story i was just telling you you know long-term rentals adding 34 units that's doubling doubling the amount of units right mm-hmm. over doubling the amount of units that we have um and yeah i mean it's it, it's you know because it's going to be kind of luxury we should be able to be around 2000 a unit um the unit breakup is super cool now they're all the same but they're they're going to be two bedroom two bath and so why that's important is because in prescott you have a lot of people that are working at restaurants and stuff um we got a buddy who owns like a ton of restaurants up there and he said the number one thing that they're having a hard time with is with the rising cost for rent is his employees are not being able to, they're not, they don't have uh, enough money to, to pay for, you know, $1,400 for a studio anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. So if we're at 2000 and these are going to be really nice places, um, you'd be able to have like, you know, two bartenders or whatever, two servers that can split it and it'll be at a thousand each, which is, you know, that's easier to, to, to chew off. So, all right. So what do you plan projected cash flow when it's all said and done? Uh, projected cash flow should be, um, you know, two thousand a pop, so uh, it's going to be sixty-eight thousand. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then minus expenses and everything, 
Um, we should, we're hoping to be somewhere in the ballpark of probably about 45 to 50. 45 to 50 K per month after per month. everything. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. Term of project. So, um, and this all, again, you know, I, I just want to emphasize this for, for everyone that's listening, right? Like you started off working for somebody else. Yeah. yeah. Right. And we had Jason last week. He was the Selling same thing. Right? So many people are like, I have to work for somebody. I have to do this on my own. I have to do this on my own. Right. I don't need a mentor. I don't need a coach. Yep. Right. I'm going to do this on my own. Yeah. And something I preach a lot is you don't have to learn this on your own. Right. 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 You can hire yeah. a coach yep. or you can join someone's team. For sure. And 100%. it sounds like when you joined Brent, it wasn't this polished business he's got no. today. Yeah, yeah, no. It was still an up and coming business. <laughs> oh, he was, yeah. We were all struggling. Oh, you could ask him about it. It was, it was funny. It was right. fun, though. But you fun. got to learn from someone that's doing it. Right. At right. no risk to you. Yeah. Well, well right. I guess the risk is zero income, but right. no yeah. negative. Yeah, I mean, you didn't downside. make great money, you know. Yeah. You didn't make great money starting up, but yeah. But doing that, working for somebody, cold calling, you're able to build your way all the way up to, again, 10 million assets. Uh, you're going to be doing 2.2 million in revenue this year, not including yeah. <laughs> once this is built out, right? you know, splitting yeah. 40, 50K a month. No, for sure. Right. So that's the upside. That's the upside. Now, you and I were geeking out on sales yeah. right? before this. Oh, yeah. So you are also obsessed with sales. Yeah. Where, what kind of sales training did you go through? Honestly, I haven't gone through any sales training. Right. I mean, it's... Um, or when education. I, I mean, what have you learned? Where did you learn it? Literally. So, I mean, again, the, the, I think it's kind of one of those things where I love people. Mm -hmm. um, I enjoy talking to people. See, I'm the opposite. Are you? Okay. Okay. <laughs> so I enjoy talking to people. I enjoy telling, you know, story and everything. So um, I think that a part of the, what made it really easy for me, and I honestly say this, and again, I know I mentioned this at the beginning, was when I got into network marketing. It's tough, man. Network mm -hmm. marketing is tough. Like you're, you you got to sell family, friends. It's tough, right? Everyone come over. We're right. going to hang out. Oh, by the way, here's an MLM pitch. <laughs> you got to sign up. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, so it's tough, right? Yeah. Um, the hardest thing about it is that you kind of go into it, and after a while, you have a pretty good idea that most people are not going to be successful in it. Mm -hmm. That's what's tough, is that then you're like bringing people in that you're like, they're probably not going to do well, but I'm going to, you know, see if they want to sign up anyway. Mm -hmm. So with how difficult that was, Going into cold calling and sales with people I didn't know was like a breath of fresh air. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. It was like, I don't care if this person tells me no. I'm never going to talk to them. I'm never even going to see them, yeah. right? So everything was very, everything, it was like a huge like um, weight lifted off my shoulders of when I got into that because it was like, this is easy. I'm never going to see this person, right? Yeah. So it was very, very easy. And so when it comes to sales training, I literally didn't, I mean, I didn't do any. I, I Like I said, I worked with, with Brent and Dustin for a little while. Um, that was it, man. So I think the, so you must be intuitive. Yeah. <laughs> you can figure it out on your own. Um, so I think this is a great point though, right? Going from selling friends and family, which is not fun. No. Um, yeah. pitching. Yeah. Especially with MLM is blind pitching. Dude, yeah. <laughs> they don't even know it's coming. No. <laughs> so by the way. Yeah. You guys tried this juice right here? <laughs> I know it's, it's tough, man. <laughs> So the the transition there is easier. Yeah. How how many different MLMs were you in? Two. Two. All right. How successful were you in those MLMs? Uh, the first one, I was really young. I was I was seventeen. Um, so it was it was tough. It was like it, I was in that one for maybe like six months, and it was it was eh. The second one, I I did I did pretty well in. Yeah. What um, was the second one? Income wise, I didn't do. It wasn't like well income wise, but like 
you know, status wise, mm. basically on the through. pyramid, you're doing pretty good. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, basically. What was the, what was the MLM? Uh, that one was, um, live smart 360. All right. So my parents did uh, Herbalife when I was a kid. Okay, right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and they were terrible. Okay. <laughs> my parents are not salespeople. Right. <laughs> um, and so at one point, uh, after, while I was in college, yeah. I was going to sign up for Amway. Okay. I mean, that's like, don't be stupid. Like this Herbalife thing didn't work for me. Like, don't do this Amway thing. Right. right so right. I was like, okay, fine. I won't do it. Yeah. Um, but then I learned later on, uh, I was reading uh, Multiple Streams of Income okay. by Robert Allen. Yeah. And he says, like, one of the best experiences you want to be a business owner is to join an MLM. Yeah. Because you have to learn networking. Yeah, absolutely. Marketing. Yep. Sales. Dude, it's so true. There's it's so, so many true. things that translate very well yeah. from being an MLM to there's, running a business. There's no doubt about it. There's yeah. no doubt about it. It's so the other, the only other one I recommend. No, I'm sorry. Recommends the terror word. The only other one I recognize okay, okay. that translates well is dealing drugs, right? That's the other <laughs> one that does really well that translates into <laughs> right, running a business. Right, yeah, for so, sure. Um, all right, so that's awesome. Talk about you know what are some of your biggest challenges today, right? Like trying to grow your business as it stands today. Um, uh, I'd say the biggest. The biggest challenge now is because we have not been super team oriented over the past, you know, six years of Jake and I being together is um, now we're going into that, that phase now of building out a team. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, just, it's going to be a little bit new for yeah. us, right? You know, like from, from going of just Jake and I being in the office, going in whenever we want and just kind of like, eh, whatever, <laughs> like I'll call, you know, whatever. Do whatever you want, whenever you want. I mean, yeah, honestly, you know, and so, so that I think going into building out a team now um, I'm excited about it. You know, Jake's super excited about it too. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's going to be the biggest, the biggest kind of not hurdle, but just, um, thing that's going to be a little bit different from, from what we've done in the past. So training, why right? are you doing that? Cause we want to, uh, we want, we want to get to the point where Jake and I are not doing everything that mm -hmm. again, goes back to that conversation we had. Right. Um, it's just right now we're doing everything, you know, I mean, we're literally doing absolutely everything in our business. Um, it's great because we don't have to pay anyone else out mm -hmm. but at the same time you know i'm pretty sure jake doesn't like writing emails at you know contracts at 11 at night and he's still doing all that yeah and i mean and i don't like you know taking calls from karen because she's like hey uh i was supposed to close last week what's going on and mm -hmm. i'm like yeah well i know i know i i thought i told you already what happened you know right. so stuff like that so i mean it's just those those things we're excited to kind of get off of our our table yeah um, fires. we're wearing too many hats right now all right so i'm gonna totally butcher this name and i want to grow i want to say kiali oh why are you playing video games when you cold calling <laughs> why am i playing video games yeah because it's it's i love it it's one of those things where i think that not enough people realize that if you love to do something you're going to be very good at it you know and so i mean obviously i didn't love cold calling again mm -hmm. you know, no one does but i injected something that i love and it made it so easy it changed everything for me yeah. you know what i mean it made it less painful it did it did and so it, it made it possible to sit there and call for six hours a day and it was not a big deal at all it was yeah. not a big deal at all you know where before i couldn't have done that i couldn't so really what it comes down to is you would you were basically um avoiding cold calling 
Like there was there was an element of call reluctance, right? It, yeah. Not excited about it. Right. And you can endure more cold calling. Exactly. If you're playing video games. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, so again, it's like you you do something that you love to do, you're gonna be good at it. You know, yeah. I'm, if I'm sitting there playing Madden all day long, made it a lot easier to you know to hop on the dialer. Sure, sure. You know, something I've thought about, and never done. Yeah. Is um, when I was only doing residential real estate. Yeah. Like for me, I was like, why don't I just go play poker, right? Because <laughs> I can do everything on my phone. I can do lead follow-up. I can uh, answer calls, right, as a listing agent. Yeah, yeah. I can do all these things. The only thing I couldn't do is, is show houses, but I can have people show houses. Yep. So I was, for a while, I was like, you know, the life will be playing poker, oh, right? Yeah. Just playing all in poker. Yeah, all yeah, in exactly. Poker, right? <laughs> That's but, awesome. But we never got that far. Someone else that comes to mind when I think of, of doing what they love mm-hmm. and they've been able to, to build their business around it is Chris Iman. Yeah. That dude, I love Chris. You know, yeah. he's such a cool guy. The guy has built his business to where, you know, he's dispo. He's just yachting. Exactly. Like, dude, <laughs> you can dispo from anywhere. He's told me that so many times. Like, as long as I got internet, I'm good. Yeah. Like, and he's like, half the times he's in the Bahamas. You know? Well, and, and I love, like, right? He's like, hey, anyone that wants to use my yacht. Yeah, I know. You got to send me enough deals. Yeah. And you can use my yacht. No, exactly. Yeah. Like, he's, you know, so Chris is a, Chris is a, a great dude. And he's another guy that I think of. When I think of someone that's just like, they live the life they want to live, right? You know, and they've been able to build their business around it. Absolutely. Uh, Carson Whaley wants to know what is it that you think led you from sixty k to three hundred k in one year? What do you think? What was the difference from sixty to three hundred? Yeah. What what change in your business to go from sixty k to three hundred k? Um, a big part of it was getting buyers, getting solid buyers that were in the areas that we knew we wanted to buy in. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the big. Th- that was one of the big things for sure um the 60 to 300 also i mean i think it also came down to we had had a full year now of lead follow-up right so obviously when you're first getting in the business you don't have any leads built up you don't have a a, you don't have a funnel right Yeah, there's no pipeline exactly no pipeline at all and so so you're not going to be closing deals from six months ago or a year ago you know you're just not and so once once you have a solid full couple you know a year a couple years of of lead flow you know in your pipeline you start getting deals that come back to you where they're like, hey, Luke, we spoke three months ago. Are you still interested in buying my property? Yeah. It's like those deals right there, those are the best deals. Because right. when those ones call you back, they're ready to go right now and they're fat deals too. Yeah, well, if they're calling you. Yeah, exactly. All right. Exactly. So that was, I think, that's what I'd say would be the biggest difference from that th- that uh, 60 to 300. It's literally just time. Yeah, time's lot, on your side. A lot of people don't realize like that it takes time. You know, you have yeah. to have patience. The, uh, the example I've seen, right, or the analogy is priming a pump. Right. Like yeah. You can prime a pump and it sucks in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. But if you keep priming, it pays. Yeah. No, exactly. For sure. Uh, Alex says, Peter wants to know, what did you tell yourself to get through those tire kickers to get to your first deal? Right. Like there are a lot of people that are wasting your time, frustrating you. What did you tell yourself? That a deal is coming. I mean, you just have to know it's coming. You yeah. know, if you, if you, if you're going to, you know, think that it's not coming, I mean, you're going to set yourself up for failure. I have so many people reach out. I, I was telling you this. I have so many people reach out and they're like, I don't know, man. Like, I'm calling 30 minutes a day. Like I've made 40 contacts this week. And it's like, you think that's enough to get a deal? Like, mm. hell no, it's not. Like, dude, you gotta be, there's times where I had my, my lead tr- like tracker that I'd created. I was making 120 contacts a day, mm-hmm. 120 a day. Like, you know, you, you make 120 contacts in, in, a, in a day, you, you know, you multiply that times five for a week. You're talking to a lot of people, like you're going to get deals, you mm-hmm. know? So it's, 
people just have to realize that you have to like put yourself, you got to get in front of people. If you don't get in front of people, you're not going to get deals. Yeah. It sounds like Brent's program. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then this tracker, you want to talk about your tracker? Yeah, for sure. Got a... So, um, so yeah. So when I, when I first got, uh, into real estate with, with Brent, um, I had like, I'd write down my, uh, my like leads, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, my leads and like my, my tracker for like how many contacts I'd make. Um, and I was like, man, like, I need to do like there needs to be something like this. And so last year I was sitting down and I was thinking, I was like, man, like there needs to be a cold call planner. Like mm-hmm. if there's like a cold call planner for people who are first getting into real estate, like first getting into cold calling, where you can actually track the things that you need to track to be able to be successful in the industry, like it'd be really smart to have something like that. And I was like, there's Absolutely. nothing out there like that. There's nothing. Mm-hmm. And so I I made one. I went and created one. And it's literally got all of the things that I wish that I had when I first got into cold calling um, and, and into wholesale. So, I mean, literally, you can track how many contacts you made, uh, how many hours you called, how many leads you got, how many appointments you booked. Um, you know, your time tracker, so it tracks how many hours you called for. Uh, your contact tracker, so you can mark them off with how many you're making. So, again, I, had, I was doing this on a piece of paper, and I'd be like, I'd literally fill in one through, like, 80 or one through 100, and I'd sit there. And then and this was before I was uh, playing Madden. But then I'd literally sit there and I would, I would mark them off. Mm-hmm. I'd mark them off just so like I could keep track of how many, even though, you know, Mojo does it. Like I just needed something to like keep me, you know, keep me kind of active. Cause I'm, I'm fairly ADD as well. Yeah. I'm sure, not sure if you know to tell. I move around a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like, I just need stuff like that. And then obviously when you're sitting down for six hours, you need something like that. Um, so yeah, so it gives you like daily goals, weekly goals, quarterly goals, uh, and then you fill them in literally every single week, and you see where you're at with your numbers. Well, I think exactly like KPIs, right? Like yeah. we all harp on KPIs. Yep. But it's hard to track KPIs if you're not actually writing it down, or exactly. we don't have a great CRM. Yeah. To modify so, all that. And so with this, the thing that's kind of cool is that you can be like, man, like why do I feel like I didn't get any like leads last week, or why didn't I book any appointments last week? And then you can literally look back through your week and be like okay, maybe it's because I made 15 contacts for the week. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it just kind of holds you accountable. Um, and then Kelly's question goes back is, what would you say to someone that's afraid to make cold calls because they don't know what to say to a seller? You have to do it. You got to jump in. If, if, yeah. you don't, if you don't jump in, you're, you're, you're literally just going to analysis paralysis, yeah. right? And so, I mean, if, you just, if you're, if you're kind of scared to get started, you're never going to go anywhere. Yeah. You have to learn by your, you know, from your mistakes I learned from my mistakes. Trust me. Well, you I like t- to learn intuitively. Yeah, right? for sure. So for sure. I'm a, I'm more of a textbook learner. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, uh, Callie, if you're interested, right? I mean, we have our own sales training program where we teach you what to say, how to say it, cool. why you say it that way and so on, so that you have more confidence right. to explore. And actually, I see Alizette's in here. And so she's actually gone through it. So you can actually compare notes with her. Cool. Um, and then, Sefi, what list would you recommend that's not too competitive, but also very motivated sellers? I don't know if such a list, list exists, but is there a list that you recommend that's not competitive, but has motivated sellers? I mean, the list that, that we would say is like the easiest that kind of we have the best luck with is obviously non-owner occupied, um, high equity, hasn't been sold in the last, you know, five years typically. Um, and then again, we actually still pull lists in just zip codes that we know will kill it in. So, I mean, mm-hmm. like, in these areas in northern Arizona, you know, we'll pull zips that we know, like, we can sell stuff for, you know, okay, if we do a flip in this area, it's bringing in a number way over market value. Like, mm-hmm. It's not even a question just because of where it's at. Yeah. Um. So we'll we'll pull this like that, too, just because we know we can probably pay retail for it. Also so. helps, though, that you're the flipper. 
Yeah, for sure. Right. So for if sure. you're not the flipper, you might not have as much confidence. For sure. In the number, but you've got insane confidence. Yeah. <laughs> if you're the buyer. Yeah, for sure. Right. I know I can do this. <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt about it. But yeah, yeah. I'd say I'd say high equity, uh, non-owner occupied, and then obviously you know just um, not sold in the last five six years. Um, and then follow up question from Kelly is: Should I start doing wholesaling by myself at first, or should I find someone new to start and become partners right away, or do I? Asked to work or partner with people in the business already. I would recommend what you said. You know, yeah. I would recommend either starting on a team where you can learn a lot. You know, I mean, from my year that I was with them, I learned so much. And so, I mean, like, I would either start on a team or the other thing I would say is, I'd, you know, if you are going to go by yourself, you know, I would definitely say be around the people, like, get around the people that know what they're doing. Um, again, when we went to the wholesale meetups, meeting some of those people that can actually kind of help you along the way a little bit. Stuff like that. I mean, that's that's what I probably what I'd say. Yeah, I mean, what's really cool is you know we have a very similar circle, right? Yeah. And if you're hanging around our circle, like there are things that for us is like a no brainer. Like yeah. it's not even like a hesitation. But for someone, it's like, how do I do this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how do, what do I do about this? And it's like, right. oh, that's easy. And it's just yeah, yeah, no, right? exactly. We've done it so many times. So it's for really sure. important to surround yourself with people that are actually. Absolutely. Doing the actually business. doing deals too, and that's the other big thing too. Yeah, <laughs> and then Blake on Instagram wants to know: Have either of you signed a contract? Have the seller get arrested? <laughs> a couple what of days what later. was it? Have you ever had a seller get arrested a couple of days after signing the contract? No, but we did have a seller die um, three days after we signed a contract, mm -hmm. and that was tough. That was tough, man. It was. We went through about um, nine months of uh trying to find the heirs to their family and it was it was wild we got into a, it was it was crazy it, there's yeah. a there's a long story there but we haven't had anyone I'm get sure arrested but we did but we did have someone pass away. um so blake i've never had anyone deal with get arrested but as long as they're not in solitary confinement <laughs> you can make it happen you can have a notary you can go yeah. have someone meet them yeah, yeah right uh probably what i would recommend is whatever title company you're using have them dress a power of attorney mm -hmm. that they will accept and then have the person that got arrested sign a power of attorney in front of a notary. They probably have one at the prison. I would think they would too. Right? They're probably not having random notaries go. Yeah. They probably have a notary at the prison. I would think so. Or at the jail. And that's that's how I'd work with that. Yeah. Um, for someone brand brand new, do you recommend them use a dialer or cold call by hand first? Mm, dialer all day. Yeah. You can't cold calling by hand is just not. It's not. Um, productive it's just really not i mean when you've got things like a dialer out there you're gonna learn so much faster you're gonna you're gonna you know you're gonna go through a lot more no's which is what you need to get to your yeses and so i mean if you're hand dialing it's just gonna take you a lot lot longer um people on instagram want to know what's in the box i don't know what box they're referencing oh oh i think i know <laughs> <laughs> so are these the mitch murray leads Remember how I uh, remember how I told you uh, that I needed your shoe size. Oh, <laughs> yes, I do remember. <laughs> All right, so I wanted to do a little something for you. All right. So you're a master closer. I like to think so. You're a master you. closer. So from another master closer, <laughs> I wanted to get you a little something. Oh wow, that's awesome. From the master closer. He is the master closer. He is the best closer. In case you didn't he know, Aaron, is. the best player of all time. He is. He MJ, is. So, I wanted to get you a little wow. something. Thank you. You know, I don't know if you'll wear them, but I, uh, 
I, I'm a big shoe guy, and I I will absolutely I, uh, wear them. I wanted to make sure that I got you something a little so cool. a Wednesday, Wednesday next week. So I played actually this morning. <laughs> oh, did you? I played this morning, and I had the best game I've had in a very very long time. Right? Oh, there we go. Right? All right, awesome. So Forty two, right? We're, we're we're past that. You dropped forty two. We're past that point. No, so I played this morning, <laughs> and um, I I in one game right to eleven. I was five for six with three threes. Oh, well, there we go. Right. There we go. And I like it. It was just one of those days just where you just it. feel yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> so that's probably going to be the last one in my 40s. There we uh, go. There we go. But this will probably hey, help. Have you played in ones before? I haven't played in this. I will play in these. Play and in I will, ones, they're great. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll live stream it for you. Yeah, yeah. Pro, you better. <laughs> Twitch. Yeah, you better do it. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, we got that. Uh, William Cass, what do you think is the future of wholesaling based on the negative press recently? Like in Atlanta, I'm not sure. I'm not familiar with going on in Atlanta. What, yeah. what did you hear about Atlanta? So I heard that they're putting, trying to put in some laws right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually talked to buddy Brandon, uh, Brandon Barnes last night. Um, but yeah, I guess they're trying to put in some laws right now. Um, just stating that, you know, they're trying to outlaw her. Yeah. No, I'm um, trying to, trying to do some, the... you know, trying to do some things to, to make it a lot more difficult to, to wholesale. Uh, what's I don't the negative know, press? I don't, know the, I don't know the detail. I just know, I just know that it, that's the press though. That it got it. It did make some uh, some some frontline news there. So, thing, I, so. I will share uh, Williams Cast. Um, this is my opinion. Um, if it's a matter of having to get your realtor license, right? Then you just go get your realtor license. Yeah, for sure. I don't think it's a big deal. Yeah. It will suck though if. Kind of mentioned earlier about the drug dealing thing, right? <laughs> As if you're a convicted felon, this yeah, screws you, can't you do that. Yeah, right? Exactly. Which I I don't like that part. Right, right. Because right? you're you're making it harder for someone to make a living. I yeah. don't like it anytime you take away sure. someone's opportunity to make a yeah, living. For sure. The other component is anytime legislation is passed, yeah, to help somebody, it screws that somebody. Yeah, for sure. Right. So we saw it firsthand with short sales. We did a lot yeah. of short sales. Right, right. And what they did was they made it so that you couldn't. Um, prey on short seller okay. on, on people that are on upside people, down. Yeah, so yeah, you exactly. couldn't prey on somebody that's upside down. Right, so right, what right. happened? They're no longer a short sell lead. Yeah. And instead of short selling their house, they get foreclosed on. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So to avoid preying on distressed well, sellers, actually helping them out though. Yeah. So instead of preying on I mean, distressed uh, yeah. sellers, now they're getting foreclosed on. Yeah. Who's helping who here? Exactly. You were helping them avoid a foreclosure. Right. Be able to save their credit and possibly walk with some money. But yeah. Yeah. So now they can't if they want to buy a car. They're paying yeah, stupid yeah, high interest exactly. rates. And so what I foresee, because this actually came up on a coaching call this morning, is if they change it where you can't wholesale, right. what, does that hap- what does that do? People like you and me yep. are going to figure it out. Exactly, yeah. No doubt about okay, it. Okay, we won't wholesale it. We'll close we'll on this. it. Yeah, exactly. We'll flip it. Yeah. <laughs> what happens in order for that to happen? There's less competition in wholesaling. Yeah, for sure. So there's fewer people bidding on that home. No doubt about it. And because we have to get hard money or whatever, we have to buy it deeper. Yep. So the homeowner who were helping yeah, exactly. through our legislation will walk away with less money. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. It there's, sucks. There's no doubt about it. But, yeah. you know, if we can with, with right protect now, the people. With how things are right now, I mean, as you know, in, in Phoenix, people are walking with stupid money for their houses. They're yeah. walking with money that, that doesn't even make sense. So it's like, yeah, you're going to take that away. You're going to take that away. I mean, the only, the only person that would win here, only people that would win here would be iBuyers. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, so victories on Instagram wants to know what percentage would you consider a homeowner with high equity? Um, we usually, we usually say at least 50. All right. And then, uh, Anton wants to know what kind of dealer, a uh, dialer are you using? Uh, c- currently Mojo. You're still using Mojo. Yeah. 
not over, you're not past Mojo yet? No. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a creature of habit for Mojo. Are you using single line or triple line? Triple. You don't have any problems with latency? Triple. No. Oh. No, it's been good. Yeah, we... I haven't uh, had too many issues. Have they fixed the issue where you can't listen to the recordings? We, we, uh, we were going through that a little bit. Um, I'm not sure if they fixed it or not yet, honestly. Yeah, so anytime, and it could be, because we, we stopped using it a couple years ago. Okay. The problems we had with, with Mojo was that anytime you try to listen to the recording, it sounded like they recorded underwater. Oh, really? Right. So you couldn't, it's hard to coach your team up. What's, what's your team using for? Um, uh, we're using Call Tools 2.0 now. Are they headphones or just through? A USB plug-in. Okay. Yeah. So we do, obviously, just on our phone, and we just do um, uh, Jabra headphones. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We've we've had a really good we've had a really good luck with them. That's good. That's awesome. They're like the noise canceling with the you know whatever little thing that comes down. So oh, the, sorry, I didn't actually show the shoes. I apologize, no. everybody. <laughs> so there you go. Look at that, sexy. Right? Oh yeah. Here, we'll just put that out here, for everyone to see. There you go. There they are. Yeah. <laughs> I almost uh, I almost kept them. You know, I was like, ah, these are pretty great. <laughs> no. I wouldn't blame you. I wouldn't blame you though. They're sexy. I, I will sure. definitely be posting those as the, as they get used. Perfect. Uh, are there any insurances you have to have to run your business? That's from Jeremy on Instagram as well. Uh, nothing that I know of. Um, least, they're supposed if, to be E and O. At least if there are, we don't. <laughs> they're supposed to be E and O, but we don't. We don't use an you know for wholesaling. I okay. mean, most insurance is crap anyway. Yeah, yeah. There, I think that you know, insurance are are in the business to deny claims. Yeah, I, I think that is their oh, exact not even business model. It's like, how do we deny as many yeah, claims yeah. as possible? Exactly. Um, what are the regulations in texting now? Are you familiar with the regulations in texting now? No. Uh, so Williams, as far as I'm aware, we still have TCPA compliance issues, um, and I know that they're making it harder. For, for people to text. But right. as far as I'm aware, the penalties are the same as they've been for the last, I don't know, eight, 10 years. Right, right. It's just now they're making it easier to enforce those penalties. So what I don't I, think the regulations have changed. I think just easier to penalize. What I've heard too, I mean, not regulation wise, but I've heard that like there's certain like words that you can't include in your text. And if mm-hmm. you include those words, then, you know, obviously then they'll get like kicked back or something. So. Yeah, they'll get, uh, they get flagged to spam and they right. won't make it through. Uh, so we had today, so congratulations, our very first Reddit comment right which oh. is the mitch and Marie lisa we're there we go looks like we're live on reddit because we were shadow banned for a minute oh serious okay <laughs> perfect um and then um let's see so we were talked about your organization already um you you mentioned your scaling and I asked you why yeah right so you could 31 doors now potentially 65 doors in a matter of less than 12 months yeah it'll probably, it'll probably take two years because it's such a big project okay but yeah. but still yeah why go through the pain of growing a team if things are working the way they are today so the biggest reason is like i said is is taking some of that off of our our plate right mm-hmm. um but the second thing is that um my business partner jake and i we want a lot out of life mm-hmm. um super happy you know where i'm at right now like i couldn't be happier um you know when i look back at it and think of like okay you know when when i was 21 if if i would have thought like okay where are you gonna be at when you're 31 30 i'm sorry i just turned 32 now um but yeah i know but um no like i'm I'm extremely happy and i'm extremely grateful Mm -hmm. um but at the same time there's i also i'm 32 you know i'm not 
I'm not dying anytime soon. I, at least yeah. I don't think, you know? And so, no, so I mean, I, I, uh, you know, I definitely think that it's just one of those things where once you start scaling, you can start growing your business a lot yeah. larger. Um, we're also, Jake and I are going to be uh, doing like a little kind of special. We're going to be a uh, road to a thousand units. Mm -hmm. So we want to get a thousand units. Um, so that's going to be like a, a big thing we're going to be doing is, yeah. is pushing for that. So, so that's awesome. That's yeah. Awesome. Uh, CEL on Reddit wants to know what's the average cost of starting a successful wholesaling business? I would, if I was to guess, I would say you could probably do it for about 2,500. I would say yeah. that'd be the price where it's like, to you could start. Yeah, exactly. But to maintain. Not to keep running, no. Yeah. yeah. 2,500, so, I'd say you can spend some money on marketing. Um, you can get a dialer going. You can get, um, you know, some of the, some of the, some of the things going that you need to, right? Some of the, right. um, the fake numbers and stuff like that. Um, where you can kind of get all the systems rolling, um, but not maintain. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, you know. So what what would you estimate is your monthly overhead? Uh, we keep our monthly overhead low right now that we don't have, um, you know, we don't have uh, employ like a lot of employees that mm -hmm. are really on payroll right now. We're about to, you know, pretty soon here. Yeah. Um, but we've kept it insanely low for the past few years. Um, would you say with marketing or no? With marketing. With marketing, we're probably spending about fifteen a month. Yeah. So 15,000, 15, right? Yeah. And so for comparison, right? So we're not making as much as, as Lucas, uh, but we're spending over 30 grand a month, right? Between marketing, labor, and all the different tools because right, there's right. no shortage of things to sign up for. They can 39.99 you a month to Absolutely. death. <laughs> right? There's no doubt about that. <laughs> yeah, so, but to start and, and, and run a successful wholesaling business, CEL, I think, you know, if you had three grand a month, yeah, you could probably... I think so. Uh, run a, a, a decent business. Yeah, and you're not going to have a big team, obviously. You know, you're right. gonna have a, it's going to be maybe you and one other person. Um, but again, if you can just, if you're doing that at 3000 a month, if you can just get one deal a month, you'll be fine. You'll be doing right. well. And then I am original wants to know, what is your gamer tag? <laughs> uh, L, it's L-train-28. I was hoping it was going to be something super embarrassing. Yeah, I wish it was too. <laughs> no, L, yeah, L Train 28. Um, so obviously, I'm a big Vikings fan. Mm -hmm. 28 was my boy, Adrian Peterson. All day. Dude, oh, that guy. Yeah. I'm telling you, he was my, he was my, I loved him. <laughs> what is your superpower? My superpower. My superpower. I would say my superpower is, um, I would say it's my ability to, to just stay me, like being me. Like um I like I said, I, I there's certain things in, in our business where I'm not gonna be good at them, so I'm not even gonna try them, right? Like mm -hmm. I'm I, I don't I don't wanna do it, I'm I'm not gonna be good at it. Um I just yeah, I think that like just staying within my with what I'm good at, staying with what I know, um and again just like I'm just comfortable being me. Stay in your lane. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like there's so many different wholesalers, there's so many different routes you can go. And um, we've really just kind of stayed with what we like. I mean, I like staying, I like doing things that I, that I like doing, right? So I, um, when we do our rehabs and stuff like that in our Airbnbs, I love design. Like I yeah. love doing the design on the properties. I love doing the, the, you know, like picking out the, like it sounds crazy. Like I like picking out the couches. I like picking out the, um, you know, whatever, the tile, the, the countertops, all that kind of stuff. So I enjoy it. And so I, I still do it. And so, I mean, I just, yeah, I'd say just staying who I am. I would say it's a bit of a shock. Okay. Only because you mentioned a moment ago that you get ADD. 
Yeah, I do. I do. And ADD and stay in your lane. Do not. <laughs> they don't work together. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. Uh, so we actually have someone in our office, uh, Aaron. You met him on the other side of this yeah. wall, right? And uh, he actually asked me, he's like, hey, I want to get in the Airbnb. He's like, no, you don't. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, and only reason why I was saying that is that Airbnb can become a full-time job if you don't do they it correctly. They can. They can. So what, how would you counsel somebody that wants to get to Airbnbs? Okay. So again, I think you just have to take a look at like what you want out of life or what you want out of your Airbnb, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, we're going to have, um, as soon as our next two are finished, we'll have nine. Um, so they make, the ones that we have, they make about 3000 a month after everything. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, we're talking 27 a month off of nine Airbnbs. So it's like, that's a, that's a good chunk, right? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, like to me, that's worth it. It's worth it to, to kind of put up with some of the stuff, you know, to put up with some of the, uh, hey, the last guest, their dog pissed the bed, mm -hmm. whatever it is, right? Like there's all kinds of I things like that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. One of the last guests just found a turd under one of the beds, <laughs> something like a dog turd. And they're like. I was just sleeping under this bed and there's a dog turd under here. We're like, well, I guess our cleaner didn't get it. Like, <laughs> like probably. Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, so like there's there's things like that that you're gonna have to put up with. But again, like you just have to see if it's worth it for you. But I mean, um, we have a we have a, a property manager mm -hmm. um that kind of handles all of our Airbnbs. So I mean, we get, you know, she'll text us and say, Hey, like, what do you want to do about this? What do you want to do about this? But I mean, like, we have someone in place where how soon, how many Airbnbs do you need before you hire your property manager? Um, I mean, I, again, I think it just depends on what, what if you, if you want to manage them, you know, or is it going to be like a side income? If it's a side, side income uh, as a side hustle, I would say probably on your third one. On your third one. Yeah. I'd say you should be able to do one or you should be able to do definitely one. You should be able to two, be, be able to do two on your own too. Yeah. And then again, wherever you're going to have your Airbnb, just make sure um, that you have like your like logistics in place. Like a cleaner is extremely important. Like it's it's everything. Like people don't realize that. Obviously, our cleaner missed the, the dog turd, but I mean, but no. Like cleaner is extremely important, and then also having a handyman because yeah. things are going to come up with the property where you're going to need someone to be able to go do things for the property right away. Um, so those are the two big things that you got to have in place. But if you have those in place, it it gets it's not it's not that bad. Yeah. Uh, what is the greatest lesson that you have learned? Um. Ah, man. Greatest lesson I've learned. I would say in wholesaling or, or just in general? In general. In general. I think that if you just treat people with respect and treat people how you want to be treated, that it comes back around to you all the time. You know, I think that people, what I've seen is, in, especially in this industry, I've seen people that are assholes mm -hmm. and a lot of people don't like them and, and you see bad things happen to them. And I think that you see other people that are just generally good people that, you know, people like being around, um, you know, people that, that when you think of you, when you talk to other people in the industry, when they talk about them, they have nothing but amazing, amazing things to say about them. Mm -hmm. And we all know those people, right? Yeah. Um, and so like, when you think of those people, that's just, that's who you want to be. Like you want to be one of those people where when they, when anyone says your name, it's always brought up in a good light. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, what is your favorite, best, or most interesting failure? Ooh. Hmm. <clears throat> um. Gosh, favorite, best, or most interesting failure? Um. 
That's tough, man. I haven't even thought about that. Uh, I would say that, like, even though, because I also said it's kind of one of my strengths, but I, I don't, I think the fact that I, I won't, that if I'm not good at something, I'm sometimes I kind of just will, I'll just push it off too fast, mm-hmm. where it's like, rather than even take trying to take the time of learning it, yeah. I'll just kind of be like, I don't want to do it. Like, I just, I don't want to do it. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, like, I'm, I'm good at sticking with what I know, but then if there's something that I don't know or something that I don't like, I just won't even go down that path. Yeah. Where it, it, you know, could be shutting off some, uh, some things that could well, be really good. It's, it's that double-edged sword, right? I mean, there's yeah. something that uh, I believe very strongly, what are your strengths are also your weaknesses. Yeah, yeah. Right? It goes both ways. For sure, for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, I think that's, I'd consider that definitely like a, a failure of just like how, you know, I won't even, I won't even put myself in the, yeah. in the position. Yeah. But you're aware of it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what book have you gifted more than any other? Oh. Uh, I mean, obviously there's The Rich Dad, Poor Dad. But I mean, uh, my favorite that's like kind of more unique is, uh, have you ever read The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari? I have not. I've heard about it. That's I a great not. book. What do you like about it? Um, just in general, it's just like, again, it kind of makes you look at things like, through a different perspective of like a overall like life in general, right? Because obviously how the the title is Monk who sold his Ferrari, so it's you know him talking obviously about he's got his Ferrari, he's a doctor, and and so he ends up getting rid of it because he's gonna chase the more important things in life. Um, and so yeah, I mean that's that's kind of been big for me too. Is is like you know what are those things in life that are most important to you? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and yeah, and, and chasing those instead, All right? And it's a great, great minor because a lot of us do not maybe unclear as we want. And yeah. we want material things. Right. And we think will make us happy. Yeah. And uh, there's something I read not too long ago. These will make you happy on the basketball court, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> there's something I read. Uh, it was um, Keith Cunningham, right? He says that most of us mistake pleasure for happiness. Yeah. Right. We'll, yeah. we'll receive pleasure when we get the car. But it's not happiness. No, yeah, it's, exactly. It's temporary, temporary pleasure. pleasure. We get all those dopamine hits, and yeah. it's pretty high. Yep. But it's temporary. For sure. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. No doubt about it. So, um, all right. Uh, I want you to think about what you want to leave the listeners with. Well, okay. A couple of quick exam- uh, announcements. Guys, if you get value today, please like, subscribe, share, comment. It helps us reach more people. I'm looking here. We get 20 likes, 20 thumbs up. And two thumbs down. I don't know what that's about. But 20 th- for that reason, although I see 47 people watching, I need you guys to hit the thumbs up to make up for those two thumbs down. Um, so please, again, like, subscribe, share, comment. It helps us reach more people. Uh, and then we do have our all-day sales training uh, two Fridays from today. So in nine days, where we'll be talking about our sales process from beginning to end. If you guys are walking away from any deals that were closable and you didn't get it you need to show up to me i think there's no greater tragedy than a seller that's willing to accept your price oh yeah and you walk away without that closing oh yeah for sure that is expensive so guys no doubt if that's it. happening to you ever you guys need to come be sure to tune in next week we got chris johns coming in he's been talking about how they they're actively scaling their business to 12 markets was going to take to scale the 12 markets. I think that's a mind-blowing number. <laughs> yeah. So what are some last thoughts you want to leave the listeners with? Um, I mean, honestly, I'd say, you know, with cold calling, because, I mean, that's kind of, you know, that's kind of my thing. Yeah. Um, with cold calling, 
if you guys are, because I know there's a lot of people out there that are, you know, dipping their toes in or, you know, kind of thinking about getting into it, you can make a lot of money off of it. You know, you, you really can. And I mean, you just, you have to kind of get going on it. And I know it's, I know it's tough and it's scary to think about. Um, but I mean, if you, if you just dive in, once you really kind of get flowing, like once you kind of get like a good, um, a good kind of flow going, you're, you're, you know, you're going to get deals like you really are. Um, and if you're not, and if you're not good at it, then, you know, take on someone else, you know, and then you handle the back end stuff. Yeah. Um, and if you're not going to be doing either one of those, then yeah, maybe it's not for you. <laughs> I mean, there's an element of truth to that. Yeah. There's, actually, there's, not, there's a lot of truth. It's not to that. for everyone. There's a lot of truth in that. Yeah. And so I always harp on cold calling because I see so many people hire a cold caller early. And for me, I think that if you're not, if you're not good on the phones, it'd be really hard to be good in the living room. Yeah. Right. At the yeah. kitchen table. Yep. Right. That there's repetitive no that. getting punched in the mouth. Like you were learning on the phone, like don't say flip. Yep. Yep. <laughs> if you say flip, it's a trigger word. Oh, right. Wait a minute. Yeah. And, and you lose rapport. Yeah. You learn this from cold calling. Yep. It's the sure. same thing in the living room. If no, you're exactly. not honing your skills on the phones, and you have to, it's important. And now you walk into the living room where there's actual money at stake. <laughs> yep, yep, exactly. You Good can make some very up. expensive lessons. Oh, for sure. Uh, so how can someone reach you? Uh, you can reach me on Instagram. Uh, my name on there is Luke underscore R-O underscore. Um, yeah, and then on uh, YouTube, we're the Viking Boys. So we've got a um, we've got a channel on there where I'll do like live cold calling where I'm playing Madden. I think you've seen some of those. <laughs> I have. Um, so yeah, we'll do live cold calling with Madden. Uh, we do some like our deal breakdowns. Uh, we do like Airbnb walkthroughs. Um, you know, some of our our new construction stuff, some of our developing. Um, so just a little bit of everything that we do. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you very much. Of course. Appreciate it. And thank you for the shoes. I will let you know how how the (laughs) shoes do next week. Yeah, you better. Absolutely. Thank you guys for watching. See you next week. Awesome. Thanks.